0: Welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga, with player picks as sweetly struck as a Robert Score half volley, fantasy advice as cheeky as an Angelino Instagram post, and two punnets who both smashed the template with unlimited transfers. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all. My name is James Thurgood. This is Talking Fußball Fantasy, Season 4, Match Day 28. And joining me, as always, well, he was meant to be in the Eiffel on holiday, but with plans on hold, he has graciously given up part of his evening. It is, of course, the fantasy Fußball got himself, Flo Reinicke. Flo, unlimited transfers. There are always a few hurdles, but you faced more than many.
1: Yeah, I did. I was working on, on Saturday and was quite stressful for some reason. I'm, I'm not sure if that was fabricated by colleagues of mine. but, but <laughs> To bring you down. I'm, I'm not sure uh, what happened, but I was the only guy who was able to publish any stuff on the Bundesliga website for like, for no reason at all. Um, I had to do all the entries for every live vlog simultaneously. So all the, the guys who were doing covering games had to send me their bits so I can put them online. And that was during the second Bundesliga games. I had to finish a match report there. And then, yeah, I, I wasn't able... Like, I, I made a draft team and I wasn't able to change it up. Uh, I wanted to bring in Guerrero last minute because, I like, it was... Five minutes to kick off that I saw that Guerrero and shows were both playing, which always gives me the green light for getting Guerrero. If he's not playing as a left back, he's like the, the best fantasy pick you, you could make. But transfer my clothes, couldn't do anything about it. And yeah, there you go. But I mean, that's just like how life goes sometimes. I'm like, I'm, I'm okay with it. Uh, I, I wouldn't probably wouldn't have changed too much else. But I wasn't able, and I mean, it's it's good that you introduced me with the fantasy football God, James. <laughs> but I th- I think you you maybe we should take turns, and next time <laughs> I introduce you that well, because I mean, you you're you're really hitting it out of the park right now.
0: I have to admit I had a very good first weekend back. Unlimited transfers have normally been my enemy, but this time my gut feeling was on point. I took some risks in good places. Some picks that I thought would definitely pay off, like Sasa Kalajic against Werder Bremen. I thought that's guaranteed fancy points, and he was one of the disappointments of the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, very strange one. I actually finished in the top ten for the second time this season on a match day, which you know what? Like I'll take that yeah. every every day of the week, absolutely. <laughs> well done. Um well any done. any little shred of glory. So let's see, let's see if I can continue the ascent but it was interesting because we, yeah we had a, a very mixed bag and that was it uh, you know your predicament it broke my heart for you a little bit when you were telling me about this before we started recording because on a normal weekend that wouldn't have been a problem like that that one hour before the 3:30 kickoffs that both you and I know on the website work is the crunch time in those offices and then the fact that you were taking on everyone else's workload as well normally wouldn't have been a problem because you'd have sorted your team out on a friday night and all you would have needed to do was tweak a few things but this weekend yeah. that one hour window was so
1: important so I'm, I'm I wasn't even trying to to think things through because yeah. like it would have like uh, it was stressful enough without trying to to think fantasy transfers as I said well I go with the team I made and at the end I just wanted to do that one change where I could wrap my head around but that, that was too late and I almost didn't feel like I, I had two players in my lineup I didn't even realize that with all the guys up sold and then brought in that I, like I had like two guys in my lineup and after I couldn't do the transfers I saw my my and said wow let's get these guys in and yeah, I, like, I would like that was like 60 seconds so I would have wouldn't have had any players on the pitch and everyone on, my, on the bench so that was really some kind of experience so
0: Absolutely. In the context of everything, I think what well, you got over 120 points, I'm actually very impressed with you, given everything that you've told me about, <laughs> about how your team came to play. Uh, so yeah, in the end, quite impressive. And it was it was a good weekend, because we talked about it on the last show about the fact that unlimited transfers might break the template and I think we definitely saw that. We, you know, all none of us could rely on Lewandowski and you did have a lot of people that went for Thomas Muller because he was the, I'd say, comfortable option really in terms of what to do. I I, I took some risks up front myself and ended up going with a, a front line of Sasa Kalajic, Lucas Alario and Valt and I have to admit like, I was really happy with my performance of my team but I do have a few headaches this week that had I maybe not taken as many risks last weekend might have saved me uh, a migraine or two. But uh, we'll be discussing that throughout the, the show. But Flo, I mean, was there anyone that jumped out at you as someone that really broke the template? Or maybe it has now become a template player for the rest of the
1: season? Bonas Horsa. Oh, yeah. Uh, amazing. Just really, really amazing performance. And he's almost, uh, he brings always the, uh, almost the qualities of Kostic with his in, uh, involvement in the attack and play over the left flank. Plus, he's much cheaper. Plus, he's a defender. So, yeah, yeah. But like, as soon as I saw like him going off, it's like with Lewandowski. I, I'm not rooting him uh, for him to do well in the fantasy game because I know everyone else who takes this game seriously has him in their squad, and I believe that everyone probably like ninety percent at least of our listeners had Bonasosa in their squads. And we mentioned him last week, so um, yeah, he's uh, the best value for money right now in the fantasy game. I think that's, that's fair to say.
0: I couldn't agree more. I think, yeah, in terms of a template player that m- many people will have in their squads and they can just leave him from now until the end of the season, even despite, you know, if he doesn't have the best fixtures every weekend, I think Sosa fits that bill really well. I mean, I personally can make a case of Philip Kostic. I stuck by him through the unlimited transfers. And still because as well, it's just, a, well,
1: both, both yeah, of these absolutely. guys, yeah, yeah, shown that matchup pro- proof. Um, like my prediction of that game was wrong. And that's something like I, I went for the Dortmund side of this game. And, I mean, we saw how they played at Manchester City. I just, I I can't wrap my head around how that is the same team uh, playing that poorly against Frankfurt and then going on and, uh, yeah, having a great game at Manchester and really uh, should have drew that game. Absolutely. That makes it tough because Dortmund is unpredictable and there are fewer, like, Hoffenheim is another uh, team that's totally unpredictable. We've seen that and so... uh, That makes it tough um, in a a fantasy sense.
0: Yeah, I'd I'd throw Leverkusen in there as well because I have to admit, I really thought Hannes Vol's first game would give us clarity, yeah, but he actually seemed letdown.
1: to. He, big letdown. Big letdown. This well, game. It, it
0: was a big letdown, but he also seemed to use it as a time to experiment with his team. You know, he made the changes early with Verts and Schick. Um, you know, I think it was before the hour mark. So it was really a case of I'm giving you guys an hour, and then I'll give you guys half an hour, and whoever performs best is probably going to be my team next week. But then Verts and Schick come on, and one gets an assist, one gets a goal, and you go, oh, Alario may not be as secure up front yeah, as well, I. Th- and he, he
1: scored as well so and allowed to score as well so yeah. yeah it's 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 really tough and what is he doing with Diaby cuz like he played with a three man back line where they where he don't have real wing wingers and i mean Diaby is one of the best players and he's a typical winger so well the position for Diaby doesn't exist in the system he played yeah. against schalke so Yeah, Yeah, it's it's a conundrum. I I wish I hadn't gone for Amiri, but like I said, he was in my template squad. And I think maybe if I had the time to think about it, I I would have even brought in Palacios just because uh, I like to do fancy plays from time to time. And uh, yeah, he he would be uh, a value pick and was in the starting lineup out of the blue. But yeah.
0: That was it. I mean, you were you. I, funny you say that because uh, I think on the last show I recommended Amiri and you recommended Demibai yeah. and you had Amiri in your squad and I had Demibai. <laughs> so it was weird how that kind of worked out in the end. But yeah. that's that's why uh, Leverkusen are a bit of a conundrum, and it's one of a lot of talking points that we're going to get through. And you know what? We've got some listener questions. So instead yeah. of Flo and I just rambling on, let's maybe address some of the issues because Leverkusen are one of them. But quickly, Flo, a non-fantasy question from our good friend at Ronan Murphy, who says non-fantasy, but can Bayern or Dortmund go? Through through in the Champions League, what are your thoughts?
1: I think the chances of Bayern actually going through are higher than uh, that of Dortmund. I say they still have like forty percent chance to to going through. I mean, the it was a freak result uh, against PSG. That game should, shouldn't have ended that way. I'm not sure if you saw that, James. So uh,
0: I, I didn't. I mean, had I, I had clarify. much more important yes, things. much more important games to cover.
1: Yesterday was your birthday, James. <laughs> and you celebrated it the way it should be by commentating a Vata Bremen Cup match. So yeah, you you were you you were busy doing that and thank for getting us through to the semi final. So I'm not sure you you've seen the, the Bayern PSG game, but Bayern should have won that game, and I believe they can win at Paris as well. Uh, as for Dortmund, I think I mean their their biggest adva- uh, chance to go through in my opinion, is uh, Guardiola always trying to, uh, to be too clever for, for himself in the Champions League. And maybe that's the reason why Man City is uh, the clear better side. And uh, Bayern can win at Paris even without Nabry and Lewandowski.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Yeah, I, I, yeah thanks for tipping, tipping them off. But to-
1: both are underdogs, but Bayern, Bayern are uh, uh, lesser so. Well, opinion. that's it.
0: Like for, 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 me, Bayern can definitely score three goals away from home against Paris Saint-Germain. I do believe that Dortmund can score against Man City on home soil. But the problem is, I also believe that Man City are capable of scoring against Dortmund yes. in the Signale du Park. And at 1-1, I think I would have really actually believed that Dortmund could really pull off the upset here in a one-off game. At 2-1 down, I'm
1: not as convinced. I'll be honest. I, I would have always had. Man City down as a favourite, even course. with a one-all draw.
0: More in the case of I think my belief levels would have just been higher with Borussia Dortmund um, because yeah, they did yeah, yeah, well, in, of in that first you, leg. You, it was you
1: say if the uh, team would have gotten a better result, oh, your belief of them pulling through would be higher? Okay, yes. You're in, sticking your neck yeah, in out the, In the right context now, James. of football analysis, that's not, the,
0: that's not the best I've ever produced, i I'm, I'm
1: saying something now. If Dortmund would have won that game 6-1 <laughs> at Manchester, I would feel better of their chances of going through. <laughs>
0: Uh, and a completely leg- legitimate statement in my opinion uh, yeah. absolutely <laughs> no, okay you're, you're very right just no it, it was it was the fact that they were able, as you said they were unrecognisable genuinely unrecognisable and it was it was a delight to watch them play that way because I'd, I'd go as far as saying we really haven't seen them play that way all season you know even in earlier Champions League games against lower you know or, or smaller opposition definitely not in the Bundesliga so yeah it was refreshing but I will agree with you that I would I'd say I will believe in Bayern going through and I think Dortmund will score a game Manchester City, but they will not outscore Manchester City. And that is the problem. But yeah, I, I like the fact that you tipped them off to my birthday. They're 33 years old. whoop de doo uh, <laughs> yeah, Last birthday without a child in my life as well, which is going to be an interesting one. But in fairness, a lot of people wrote to me saying, you know, happy birthday. Oh, sorry that you have to work. And I went, you know what? I can think of many worse ways to spend my birthday than commentating a DFB quarter quarterfinal between Jan Regensburg and Werder Bremen. You know, yeah. gut, guts glory. Um, and the se- Okay, first half was a bit trap, let's be honest. But the second half had that little sprinting of cup magic and I'll take that every day of the week.
1: Yeah, and that Marco Friedel pass to Yuya osaka oh. was like oh. pure magic. Oh,
0: brilliant. I mean, the, the, I was, the touches from Osaka were pretty nice as well, I have to admit, for a guy that hasn't scored all season. Yeah,
1: but, yeah, ab- apart from that, it was like the counter-attack and play. And I read this, I think that Bremen is the only uh, team in the league who only scored two counter-attacking goals, something like that. It's And in this game, you could have seen why they they should have uh, should have been able to put the game away much sooner, and in the end, it was pretty close. So yeah, but happy to be at the semi final, and yeah, just just beat Leipzig and yeah, there yeah, you go, cup final. That's a, th- nice. th-
0: third semi final, third semi final in the last
1: six seasons yeah. for you in well, the of people Carl. That's not a bad record, and uh, a too near chef James. You know that.
0: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's very, very true. Um, okay, let's move on to our next listener question. It's from at J.Q, uh, who says it's another Leverkusen question from me this week. He asks, is it worth sticking with some of the punts we went for last week? He uses Al- Alario and Vendel as examples. So he says, is there too much uncertainty around them? And I'll whack another question on here as well from at Benji Tonelli, who says, who would you keep this week, Alario or Demibai? And this really is the, I think the conundrum we're facing with Leverkusen, isn't it?
1: It's it's a, it's a big conundrum, and I hate myself for going with Amiri. Like like I said, I like I was expecting some kind of reaction out of Leverkusen. I was thinking that with, uh, like that was with, with flying flags, they will play against Schalke, but that wasn't what we saw. I think they had the least amount of shots. Any side had against Schalke this season. So, what are you doing? Is yeah, right. <laughs> and so I'm, I, I like I'm I'm not pretending that I have any kind of fe- feel what Hannes Wolff wants to do uh, with Leverkusen on Monday. So I'm I'm really sorry for everyone. Uh, I I can't give you an answer. I personally think that Alario will play because for some reason he got the start over Schick. And he did score a goal. So I, I don't see any reason for Wolf changing that up. There had to be some reason why he thought that Alario was a better fit. So at least I feel there, I feel a bit confident. And same goes true with, with Demirbay. I wanted to say, but I'm stopping myself because of DRB might be back in the frame and that could change the system they're playing he took off arangis after 60 minutes and palacio went on playing the whole game and i think that palacio's probably is now the teacher pet if i might say so cuz he's a, uh, like he was totally out of favor with peter bosch but uh, leverkusen once paid top dollar for the argentinian and now he's probably one of the guys that, that was like every coach who comes at such a high-profile club like Leverkusen, there's enough quality uh, outside of the starting eleven from the former coach that he takes at least one guy and says, "You're my guy. You you can play there." And and so I think Palacio and Arangis, I feel safe, uh, will probably play on on Monday. But it's it's just a guess. And I think every like everybody who's telling you they know what's going to happen with Leverkusen, I, th- I think it's it's not accurate. Um, unless you are Hannes Wolf yourself, yeah, and I'm not sure that he even knows what he's going to do because that, <laughs> right. that match is on Monday. Yeah. So uh, everyone who wants to send me a small reminder <laughs> on Monday evening because of that match, you're 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 welcome. Uh I hope I don't forget it. And it's, it's right, not I, I hope like, you don't either uh, Hoffenheim Leverkusen is a match I will be glued to the television to watch. I- <laughs>
0: No, okay, that's that's fair enough. No, I I agree with you. I I, I think Hannes Wolf wasn't quite clear on who his best eleven was, and I was hoping that we would see him pick his best eleven or the best, the eleven he thought was his best. But then the performance against Schalke was so limp. I can see him changing things up. And the real problem for me, Flo, with this is that because it's a Monday match, I'm pretty confident his press conference won't be till Saturday, so we won't find out any. Any clues about his squads or anything, um, is, is, is the, the biggest headache this weekend and the, the one that we get Not. the least e- information it's for horrible. before making it's our horrible. changes. Absolutely incredible. But I, I mean, to answer Benji Tonelli's question, I, I think I'm erring on the side of caution here and, and joining Flo's camp because I do have Alario and Demibai in my squad. I feel uncertain about both of them, yes. but I think Alario maybe is just ahead, um, because Demibai, what, might happen with Demibai, he might stay in the squad in the starting lineup, but he might be in a deeper role and not as an attacking. And the fact is Demibai is always a player that has relied heavily on set pieces as well. We thought that was going to pay off against Schalke, but he's not been the biggest scorer um, on a on a week by week basis. And so Demibai was always one that I was looking to ship out of my squad quickly. And I may even do it this week for a Friday night player that we'll talk about later. But the next question We'll move on to Flo. It still kind of links with this Leverkusen talk because it's at Bavarian twenty six. He asked, Do you prefer to hold Hoffenheim players, Baumgartner, Kaderjabek, or Leverkusen, Amiri Vendel? As both as all were bad choices last week, but is it worth holding on to them? And also what are the best candidates to have the next few rounds, he asked. So Hoffenheim let's do the Hoffenheim Leverkusen first. Do you prefer to hold Hoffenheim or Leverkusen?
1: Uh Hoffenheim, especially Baumgartner. Yes. I, I still think he's a good pick. And, like, even Schalke was able to create some uh, chances against Leverkusen under Hannes Wolf was a three-man backline, so he's changing up a bit. And, like, Hoffenheim is another one of these unpredictable squads. And, like, they, they can win this game against Leverkusen. Uh, I think it's, it's possible. And you, you, you can feel safe that Baumgartner and Katarabic are playing. I feel safe that Wendell is playing as well, uh, I might add, because Sinkraven is still questionable. And uh, I, I think that under a new regime, probably Wendell has the edge over Sinkraven, and we talked about that last week. So I, I would stick, I'd, I'd rather stick with the Hoffenheim players. And yeah, candidates for the next few rounds out of these two clubs, it would only be Baumgartner would, would actually be the only one I I would be quite high on.
0: And, and what about it in general? Because I, I think that last part of the question was more about replacements he might be able to bring in for the players he mentioned. And I mean, I'm looking at the fixture list and Freiburg have some really, the next five fixtures for Freiburg are brilliant yeah. and are well worth investing in. If you don't have Gunther and Roland Schalai, I think those should be top of your
1: list. Yes. Um, yeah. I agree. These these two um I think are, are pretty good buys right now. And I was
0: I was going to say Leipzig as and, well, but uh, n- I don't want to spoil it too much because Flo's got a very interesting theory on Leipzig that may not Yeah, make We'll work on that. The, the we'll may, work on that yeah, Right. <laughs> well, I, I do, but it's like I, I'm not going to lie, it adds to the headaches this weekend potentially um, because their next three games are also quite tasty, you know, yeah. they've got Bremen then Hoffenheim then Köln. And so those would be the two markets i would predominantly be looking in but as i say i, I won't spoil it but hold on because flo has got an interesting theory about life that may not mean they're as secure as we want them to be so hopefully bavarian 26 that gives you a few ideas and don't worry we'll be mentioning plenty of players throughout the show that will give you an indication of possible replacements
1: as well but i think you can go with like the frankfurt assets are, are pretty safe Kostic and silver i think these are guys uh you can you can leave in the squad, although their their matchups seems to be not that easy. But they performed at Dortmund. I think they can perform against Wolfsburg, then it's Gladbach, Augsburg, Leverkusen, Mainz, Schalke. So it's like I I think these are guys blue chips you can count on. And I, I wish I'd gone the the Frankfurt route because it's like the attack is more concentrated than Dortmund. But I was I was. Yeah, like I said, my analysis was that Dortmund. Yeah, would be better. Would have the edge, especially with Hinteregger and even not playing. But yeah, is made up for uh, these two uh, guys missing? So yeah. Yeah, no, he, he certainly did. Okay, on to the next question. It's from uh, our good
0: friend at Folks Connect. Uh, he says, which teams have the most standalone fixtures and don't play Bayern? Dortmund, Wolfsburg, and Frankfurt until the end of the season. I'll, I'll throw Leipzig in there for him as well and make it basically the top five we're looking at. And I did a quick look through the fixtures. Colm have five standalone fixtures between now and match day 33, which of course, match day 33 and 34, everyone plays at the same kickoff time. There's zero flexibility.
1: Yeah, not, not 100% accurate, James. So. Oh. Uh, if, if you want to be called Fantasy Football God, uh, we, we, you have to take your exams because this year. It will be different unless the... No, it will definitely be different. Really?
0: Okay, I've missed something here. Because of the
1: cup final. The cup Ah. final is played on the Thursday before uh, the 33rd match day. Yeah,
0: right. May 13th.
1: Yeah. And all the clubs who are in the cup final will play on the Sunday. Ah, so the the semi final is is uh, Bremen against Leipzig and is uh, Dortmund against Kiel so it's like the likely final is Dortmund against Bremen and uh these two uh <laughs> I'm, I'm just no, no, I'm not, not going to comment. It, it did take, take a while to sink well,
0: in. <laughs> I'll be honest. You said it was such confidence. You said it was such confidence. It was full
1: chess there, my friend. Yeah, confidence and competence. Uh, I hope. <laughs> so um, these guys, Bremen is playing Freiburg. And Dortmund is playing Union. And Leipzig is playing... Wolfsburg. So these are the games that potentially will be moved. Okay. Uh, to the Sunday. So we get at least. Uh, yeah, most likely we get two. Unless Kiel goes through, then it's only one yeah. Sunday match on the 33rd. But we probably get two on that match day. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. Oh,
0: 100%. I'm, I'm very glad you corrected me. I genuinely had not gotten wind of that at all. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much yeah, for
1: it's that. A, it's a klein gedruckte. Yeah,
0: right, it's the small print. That's exactly <laughs> it. Print, um, yeah. And I mean, to be honest, it doesn't change the research too much. I mean, no, the only team no. that could potentially... So, essentially, Köln have five standalone fixtures, and it was Bielefeld, Freiburg, Stuttgart, Augsburg, Mainz, Leverkusen, Leipzig, and Hertha that all had three. So Leipzig might pop up into four there, um, if they get lucky against Werder Bremen, um, in the semi-finals. But then in terms of teams, the, in terms of teams that weren't facing the top five, it was hard to find one, um, to be honest. There, there's a scattering of fixtures in there. But what I did find is that Hertha and Bielefeld are the only two teams that will not face any of the current top seven between now and the end of the season. Not the best news, because they're not the most investable teams I know, but, you know, it answers the question. And so hopefully, folks, Connect, that helps make uh, any decisions this week. But we'll move on to the next question, Flo. i come to you for this one. At Mulcahy underscore Mike says, with regards to Bayern's injury list, this is another headache for this weekend, but maybe one of the smaller ones, admittedly. He asks, would you hold on to any Union players for this game week?
1: Uh, not necessarily, but I wasn't high on Union last week. So I'm definitely not high on them. Like I wasn't high on them playing Hatta, so why would I be high on them playing Bayern? But I think their chances of getting something out of Munich are like way higher than usual, because like they Bayern won't care about the match against Union at all after getting the win at Leipzig. Title is decided, so we're not kidding ourselves here. So I'm I'm I wouldn't be surprised if we see guys playing like who, who, who we don't Mark, Mark, even Rocker, know Mark Rocker Mark right Rocker
0: masterclass or we will get Tiago Tiago yeah, Dantas yeah. playing right back <laughs> yeah. and stuff
1: like that maybe even Fita Ab who oh. knows
0: oh bring him out bring him out of the the woodworks that would be something wouldn't it no I mean yeah, it's but, an interesting uh, one I mean,
1: it's still not good enough for me to want to field Union players
0: yeah I'd agree with that. I would certainly agree with that. They did get a one or draw against them earlier this season, but I, if I remember correctly, there weren't many fantasy points in it. And so, yeah, uh, I, I think that's a good, a good way to wrap that one up. We'll talk about Bynes injury list and the implications of that in part two. We'll end part one on one more question from our good friend at Bernie Hoof, who says, Jarstein, stick or twist? He says, I hate using a transfer on a goalkeeper, but I don't think I'll get far with just my other goalkeeper who may or may not flow be Marvin Hits.
1: I've got Marvin hits as well. I like if I went for Koble, for instance. Uh, that like I have my both both goalkeepers of mine did pick up two points, but that can change next. I'm not trying to predict goalkeeper scoring. Uh, <laughs> you you want the goalkeeper with a club where like where he gets some shots at goal, and I think that Marvin hits fits the bill, so it's all right to to stick with Marvin Hitz. I, I would feel good about ja, um, keeping Jarstein if I knew that he will be the first choice keeper once he's back from the Corona, um, like he tested positive for Corona. But I don't know that. If Schwolo is playing well now, I think that Schwolo will keep uh, the job between the sticks. And that's my issue with Jarstein So if you feel that you're not Helping your team much with your third transfer, I'm fine with selling Jaarstein and getting another keeper in. And that would like the keeper I chose would solely depend on uh, the, the fixture list and as a standalone fixture. So so keep in mind, we might get like if you have hits, you get an extra standalone fixture on the 33rd match day if they beat Kiel in the cup. So that's actually a bonus if you've got uh, hits in a squad.
0: Yeah, I I would agree. I mean, if, if you really do have a, a third transfer spare, then I think you can, you can get rid of Jarstein because, yeah, right now he's not going to bring you much, but in the grand scheme of things, goalkeeping points aren't going to make that much of a difference. Whereas outfield players, if you maybe spend that third transfer on taking someone out that's, you know, about to form and someone comes in with a, you know, a 14 point plus game, then that can make a much bigger difference in the, in the grand scheme of things in this fantasy game. So your, your thinking's not wrong there in terms of getting rid of Jarstein, but I wouldn't make it my top priority this weekend, let's say. Um, okay. Let's leave it there then for part one. We'll be back in part two to take a look at the fixture list from match day 28. Join us again in just a jiffy. to part two of talking Fußball fantasy match day 28 time to look at the fixture list starting with that Friday night game we've got one again this weekend thank the Lord but admittedly it's not the best uh, Bielefeld against Freiburg it kicks things off on match day 28 now Armenia have gone five games without a league win at home and have failed to score in each of their previous four matches at the Shuko Arena meanwhile Freiburg yes they lost on the weekend momentum lost European hopes probably out the window but they do have this incredible run of fixtures that we've mentioned and Roland Shalai is someone we need to talk about because he has scored in each of his previous two Bundesliga outings first time in his Bundesliga career and then on top of that you've got to factor in the fact that he scored twice during the international break as well so a man in form is he the go-to option for Freiburg Flo?
1: yeah he, he, and Günther both of the like these are two great options and I'm I'm willing like I'm I haven't looked like I made a template and left myself 30 million so I can react on stuff that's happening on Saturday. And in the end, I didn't make any transfer on Saturday, like I said. So I like I have I've got some cash to spend. (laughs) So, yeah, the silver lining, the silver lining. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to correct you twice here, uh, James, on the show. But uh, Oh, no. Like seventh place could be enough to qualify for Europe, and Freiburg is just two points off. They're six points off sixth place, which which is definitely enough to play in Europe. But if the cup final, uh, if the cup winner is either Dortmund or Leipzig. Seventh place. Then seventh place would be enough as well. Yeah,
0: that becomes a, a what is it Europa Conference League spot. Uh, yes. that, that incredibly yeah. coveted position uh, this season. Yeah, no, you are right. I'm just I'm probably still stuck in last season when Freiburg let it slip late on. You know they had a chance to get into Europe last season and and
1: botched it as well. But no, I, I just wanted to say it's what it's like. It's one match away right yeah. now. And and with the and seventh place, and
0: and with the five games they've got coming up, you you would you would fancy them to be able to pull back some points on the teams above them, and to tell you what those fixtures are, they've got Bielefeld uh, away from home this weekend, then Schalke at home, Hertha Berlin away, Hoffenheim at home, and then Köln away. So they have five games coming up against teams that are in the bottom, significantly in the bottom half of the table, not quite the bottom six, but the bottom seven at least. Yeah. So they, I mean, they, they make for a good, they certainly make for a good investment right now. Um And Bielefeld, uh, I think you've often pointed out the fact that Freiburg are a team that can a lot of shots on goal. Yes. So is this potentially a game for a few differentials as well? If people want to take a punt on a Friday night on someone they know is going to be in the starting lineup?
1: Yeah, you, you can go with Doan. Uh. But I I personally prefer Schalke over doan and I don't I won't have two midfielders out of this game, and I want Freiburg next week, and like uh, I mean Bielefeld is playing at Augsburg, so can you can like Bielefeld has a good run of fixtures. They're playing at Augsburg and then Schalke, but still I'd prefer I prefer going with Freiburg. So uh, that's why Duan isn't on my radar. But if you don't want to invest in, in, in Freiburg and in Schalau, I think then Duan would be my choice.
0: Yeah, no, I think uh, valuable advice there um, definitely on that game because, yeah, it, it is a chance to get some guaranteed starters in your lineup. Uh, Freiburg, for me, certainly the way to go with those next five fixtures. And yes, you can maybe get adventurous with some of your picks, but I wouldn't get too more adventurous than Shalai and Gunter, to be honest. Uh, you're playing a risky game there even with someone like Demirovic, who's been in good form um, uh, of yeah, late as well. Suspended. So let's
1: move. so don't go with ah, Demirovic.
0: And you are right, yes, he did pick up his fifth booking of the season, didn't he? Uh, that's why, yeah, kicker have Nils Peterson in their starting lineup and that could you know what I can think of worse gambles to take on a Friday night than Nils Peterson against Armenia Bielefeld. I'll be honest, but it wouldn't be my first recommendation. So let's move on to the Saturday afternoon kickoff, starting with Bayern against Union. Now, Hansi Flick's side, they have lost just once at the Allianz Arena all season in all competitions that came last night against Paris Saint-Germain. Otherwise, 15 wins and three draws. Meanwhile, the champions have also scored at least once in each of their last 62 competitive games. That's a new club record. The last time they failed to score was against Leipzig, back in February of 2020 but the question here Flo is that we've got more injuries uh on Bayern's list now Leon Goretzka and Niklas Zula both picking up knocks against Paris Saint-Germain Bayern are down to the bare bones a little bit already but does this open the door for differentials like Eric Maxim Choupo-Moting, Jamal Musiala or maybe even David Alaba who could move into midfield this weekend?
1: Yes um I think you're like funny to say that but Musiala is probably the safest bet yeah right <laughs> yeah because yeah. like he won't play in the starting 11 at Paris and it's like everyone else like like if Flick is able to give some people rest he will even maybe a Thomas Muller maybe after 60 minutes um, or, or he's not playing at all wouldn't surprise me same with with a guy like Kimmich Sané man that like that holds true for everyone there because like the the difference of meaning from this game to the game at Paris is is really is is big. The only guy I would feel safe apart from Muziala is probably uh, Eric Maxim Chupumuting. because he needs some practice uh, under his belly so I uh, under his belly <laughs> probably not <but laughs> under his belt. That's it, Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. That is it, yes. I think he's going to play, but uh, still for him, it could be 65 minutes tops. So, and yeah. he's almost 10 million. Yeah. You definitely can make the gamble with going w- with and I'm, I'm just not sure if I'm not like, I'm, I'll, I'll let Bayern slide on the wayside altogether. Uh, I don't have any Bayern player in my squad right now. And it's, it's probably not going to change because... Uh, I'm I'm just not feel like I'm not feeling certain enough with any Bayern player apart from maybe Musiala. But like I said before, I've I've got thirty million lying around in cash, (laughs) so I'm not I I don't need the savings to go to uh, Musiala, who's sitting there at one point five million. But he's still my player pick for this match.
0: Yeah, no, and I, I completely agree with your analysis actually on all fronts there. And I'm in your camp as well. I have zero Bayern players in my squad and I'm not a hundred percent convinced I, uh, I'll change that either this weekend. I did initially have plans to bring in Thomas Muller because I thought, uh, I actually thought he'd be the starting striker against Leipzig. And, yes. you know, the Eric Maxim choupo moting decision has certainly change things up. And then I actually, I agree with you, the fact that Muller may not be on the pitch for the full 90 minutes, if any, against Union as well. So uh, a bit of a tricky one because I'm sure a lot of people will have gone in that direction with the news of Lewandowski. Whereas if you held off, then, uh, you know, 9.4 million is more expensive than Sasa Kalajic, which is is a bit crazy. But a 9.4 million, Eric Maxim Choupo-Moting could be a differential if you're feeling very adventurous. So, yes, and
1: if Bayern is performing, so we're not yeah, like, very, like, Lewandowski didn't play two times this season and, and that were the games with the least amount of shots at goal yeah. so far. I think, I'm, did I mention that before last week? I don't think you had actually. No. I, I was on another part I'm just remembering. <laughs> so have got to remember what you I say I had on which some one. Some kind of deja vu, James. Well, <laughs> that, that wasn't such a nice face looking back at me. So yeah. Oh, now I remember. Uh,
0: don't you worry. Yeah, you got the information out there. That's what matters. Um, I don't, I don't care if it wasn't here first. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take it either way. Um, okay, let's move on to Eintracht Frankfurt against Wolfsburg Frankfurt. They are one of only three teams that remain unbeaten at home in the top flight this season, alongside Bayern and Wolfsburg Meanwhile, the Wolves. Uh, have actually won though their last four visits to the Deutsche Bank Park scoring seven times and conceding just once in the process that one goal coming in the 2-1 win that they had earlier this season in terms of a player pick flow who are you going for from this game and is this a a match to maybe avoid this weekend?
1: Yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily buy into although I think that like if you bought Kostic last week like you did uh, which was a stroke of, of of genius uh you could argue that why not going like he's he's probably still a safe pick even against wolfsburg and uh who knows what's going to have, happen usually like wolfsburg being involved limits the amount of fantasy points scored but maybe they slugging it out because like the pressure isn't as high on this game as we thought it might be a week ago, because Frankfurt did win at Dortmund. They're now seven points clear of Dortmund. Wolfsburg is 11 points clear of Dortmund, which means like these two clubs are basically chewing in to the Champions League places. And it doesn't really matter if you're coming in third or fourth. So the pressure isn't as high. So maybe that leads to a bit more attacking play than... We, we could have expected before. So I'm I'm not against going with a guy like Philip Kostic, and he's actually my player pick. And uh, I think you can make arguments for going with Andrew Silva, who's also great. Both are probably differentials after the unlimited transfers because of the tough matchups they're they having um, to start out. Uh, World Cup winner Eric Dorm is also, like, he, he's playing and cheap enough that He's at least someone to think about.
0: Yeah, especially well, he's basically playing as a right winger in in Frankfurt's formation when he is on the pitch. Now, I I would agree with you. I mean, I've got I've got Kostic. I've also got Vaechost and Umbarbu. And initially, my plan was to get rid of Mbabu and Vaechost straight away and Sasakalajis. Actually, I had my three transfers planned out. But the uncertainty with Leverkusen um, has maybe changed my mind because at least with Vaechost and Mbavu, I'm, I'm they're guaranteed to be in the starting lineup for Wolfsburg, and therefore I may just stick by them for one more week before shipping them out because they do then face Bayern as well which is not a not a game that I really want to be heavily invested in especially with cost Um even though he's a yeah, you know prolific yeah. striker
1: we have to wait and see what happens in the Champions League well so, that too that is very yeah. true
0: yeah they may take their eye off the board a little bit against Wolfsburg you yes. never know um, but okay let's move on to the next game Hertha against Gladbach it was a one-all draw earlier this season uh, and recently the old ladies return of 12 points from 14 match days in 2021 that is only one side has fewer points than them in that time span uh, and that is of course bottom side schauka gladbach meanwhile uh, they got a very big win against freiburg uh, last time out come from behind and they're aiming to make it three wins out of three for the first time this season this weekend play a pick flow are you backing here
1: I, I, I think i'm going with Lars tindl i mean he, he had a pretty good performance last time out like he, he, he's pretty solid uh, being a midfielder in the game, like I changed allegiances up front. I brought in player and he started as uh, the central st- striker against Freiburg and then didn't work out. Rosa changed it up at half time. Player was playing over the left flank in the second half and Turam was playing up front and that actually worked better against Freiburg. Turam did score a brace. And I now expect Player to play uh, to play as as a winger, which I hate. Yeah. And to run playing as the striker up front. So uh, definitely players fantasy while you did take a hit. Although you ha- you have to set like his shot involvement was, it was good. I, it was it was good. It was still good with with Player. So he is is not it's not the end of the world, but I wouldn't think about buying player now for this game. If I had to choose a striker of Gladbach, it would be now clearly Ram, because I expect him to be to playing this central part, which is more valuable in a, in a fantasy sense than playing on the wing. Yeah, that's it. I'm- and I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, <sighs> you, you can make arguments for Matthias kunja I guess, but it's too fancy for my taste uh, to go there.
0: Yeah, you know what? I, I think head next week. On the show next week, they might feature quite heavily, um, because their fixtures do take a turn for the better and they are under pressure. They are a team that will be fighting for their lives. Um, and that normally bodes well for fantasy owners in the, in the latter stages of the season when some of the teams will, you know, take their eye off the ball a little bit. Motivation's not as high. There'll be a bit more rotation as well to give some fringe players a bit of a run out before the end of the season with Herta. That won't be the case, but I agree, Flo, not this weekend.
1: Yep. One, one thing to add, James, uh, I think that Stefan Leiner, if they're playing what they did play in the second half, because Rosa did change it up, uh, did play with a three-man back line, and Leiner was, like, he he played the dome position yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, against Freiburg in the second half. He was really involved in the attack and play, uh, did pick up nine points, could have been even more. He was close to scoring. He, like, he was close to being involved in a few more shots and if like if this is a system they play more often going forward then i think that lina uh, and uh, benzebaini for that matter uh, if he returns uh, are definitely looking um better than with a four man back line i think the difference is pretty clear cuz cuz ginter basically played right back in possession yeah and uh, Lina did play as a right winger.
0: Yeah, no, it was it was an inspired change, and I'm I will be intrigued to see whether Rosa sticks with that formation. And and by all accounts, he yes. really should, because uh, they were so much better in the second half against
1: Freiburg. So, uh, and for what it's worth, Kicker is predicting that yeah. they will. That's it. So they they they're playing with a three-man back line, and then Lina on the on the right flank, and Benzabaiini on the left flank. Yeah. and I probably would still prefer Benzabaiini if you want to buy in that market. Yeah. for this match day.
0: Yeah, I'd agree. I think Bane just has the edge over Liner, but both would be very solid picks. And if you've got Liner from last week, no need to ship him out. Definitely not. No. Okay, yeah. let's move on. Werder Bremen against Leipzig. Uh, now, Werder have lost each of their last three Bundesliga matches, and both of their previous two at the Weserstadion Leipzig, meanwhile, have won each of their previous three Bundesliga meetings with Werder and have kept clean sheets every single time. And this is a dress rehearsal for the DFB Pokal semi-finals, and this is where Flo's theory comes into play. So I hand it over to you Mr. Reiniker.
1: Yeah, well, like we were brought up with Germany from the uh, with the legend of the World Cup 54. That was the first of four World Cups that Germany had won. Just like I'm not I'm not sure that you're familiar with so many World Cup wins James, that's why I <laughs> Uh, mention oh, you, here. What
0: a dig out of nowhere. Dig out of nowhere. Yeah.
1: I'm sorry. Your best was yeah, yesterday. That's okay. James, so, <laughs> the party is over. <laughs> what happened there that uh, Germany played Hungary in the group stages. Hungary were the big favorites to win that tournament. And um, the, the German head coach, Zepp Haberger, he played the, his second team basically, and they lost three to eight. And then they went on and meeting again in the final and then he played his strongest 11 and he had played the strongest 11 of Hungary before but not vice versa and then they were able to to beat them three to one and and the the uh, the, the radio commentator is legendary uh, in in Germany and uh, in in the final I mean it's like it it's giving me goosebumps uh, if, if we say that and like, it's a close-fought match, and then at one point he's saying, heute ist es kein 3 zu 8, heute ist es keine B-Mannschaft, heute spielt Deutschland stärkstes Aufgebot! And, I mean, that was, like, a long dig to get um, what I want to say, but uh, I think it's a story worth telling because you didn't know that story. It's a brilliant story. And it, 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 like it's common wisdom in Germany, but, uh, uh, common knowledge, um, but I think for our international audience, it's like that's a really, really great story, and everyone in, in Germany is like brought up with this kind of, of tactical absolutely a genius. And I, I think like Nagelsmann definitely knows what happened there, and I'm, I'm just like, I, my feeling is he will do some crazy stuff at Bremen because he doesn't want to show his hand uh, for the semifinal of the match. And that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. I, I expect some surprises in the starting lineup. A few guys are booked, uh, and like this game isn't—it's not as important to them as the cup match is. And I just feel like they—they they might go on and win anyway. I, I think that—that's what I'm expecting. I just think we could be in for a few surprises regarding the starting lineup.
0: Yeah, you know what, and you talked me through it, and and that's it. I was I was very well aware of Pep Herberger, very well aware of the, the das Wunder von Bern. You know that that is that is legendary status. What I didn't, what I wasn't fully aware of, this part of the story where he had deliberately played a weakened side in the group stages against Hungary, knowing that they might face them later on in the tournament. He wasn't to know it was going to be in the final. It turned out it was the final. Perfectly played hand, and so I like that yeah, was a, a nice little anecdote. And I do, I do think Julian Nagelsmann as a, as a educated man and a studier of German football will be very well aware of that. And I, I could see Justin cloyvert and, uh, you know, maybe yeah. Quang come into the starting lineup.
1: Yeah, or Henry, so yeah, like, right? guys like that yeah. who, who hadn't played that much before. And like, I'm, that's why I, I have Inkunku yes. in my squad, and I still think he's going to play, but I'm not sure. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not sure what, what's going to happen. I I think the cup match will have a big impact on how that game is played. Yeah, no, definitely.
0: And the uh, the other news here as well is that we mentioned him in the intro. Angelino, tw- uh, you know, putting out on Instagram that he's ready to get back into action. But Julian Nagelsmann using his press conference to knock him down a peg and say that he wouldn't necessarily get away with that at every other club, and not every other head coach would be as patient with those decisions um, being made outside of his control. But Nagelsmann's message was that yes, he will be back in the matchday squad, but he would have to sneak, I think, was the word, into the starting lineup. And so the odds of that happening, I think are slim. He's not going to rush Angelino back, but that is one to keep in the back of your minds that maybe next weekend could be the return of the Spanish Wizard that was such a prominent feature in this fantasy game for so long. But in terms of the player pick flow...
1: Yeah, I, I wouldn't jump on that band yes, bandwagon right. for this match, because like, he he basically told that he, like, he won't get anything close to 90 minutes, and then it's probably not worse, even if he might end up starting. I don't think he will, but like, if he starts, it's, it's like 60 minutes tops.
0: Yeah. Right. So, who's your player pick from this game then, Flo? Taking all of this into account.
1: I was thinking so much about the story to tell, James. I wasn't, <laughs> I, 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 still like Nkunku the most. Yeah. Um, I, I, like, it's always a close race between him and Olmo, but I'm going with Nkunku. But like I said before, I probably like, if I don't have a Leipzig player, I'm not sure like which Leipzig player I would feel comfortable enough and uh confident enough that is going to start. I'm I'm not I don't know. Uh, Willie Orban.
0: He's the only he's the only yes. one I'd really be confident about. And and let's be honest, Willie Orban's not a bad choice. Yeah,
1: maybe Konate. I think from what Nagelsmann said, you can read through the lines that Konate is going to start. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but like yeah, I, no. I don't like centre backs in fantasy anyway, so yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's it's my take on the situation. I might be wrong, but I I usually like go with uh, the the stuff like my my opinions, because <laughs> then I only have That's myself true. to blame. And uh, if if stuff go goes wrong, it's a good
0: way of going about it. And I do agree with you. I've got Uncunku so, and I I, yeah. I wouldn't bring anyone else in from Leipzig. But I'm also not looking to get rid of Unkunku because I think I've got bigger priorities. And no. on the off chance he does start, yes. then against Bremen. Not a bad,
1: not a bad player. No, I, I wouldn't say it's an off chance that he starts. True, think, true. Uh, probably true. It's more yeah. likely than he uh, that he starts, but it's not like it's probably less likely than everyone else is thinking. Yeah. Um, how likely it is that he's going to start? No, so I'm, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Wang uh, and Kloeved both are in the starting lineup.
0: Yeah, no, uh, me neither, me neither. Okay, let's move on to the Saturday evening game Stuttgart against Dortmund. Now you will remember first half of the season, or back in uh, 2020, uh, Stuttgart won this game 5-1, and it was the end of Lucien Favre's reign as Dortmund head coach. Dortmund looking for revenge, but of course on the back of that uh, Champions League result you never know whether they'll be quite fully focused on things here in the Bundesliga. Uh, Stuttgart have lost just one of their past seven Bundesliga matches, four wins, two draws in that time, and they are also unbeaten in six on home soil, winning the last three, which is crazy considering the fact that I think they were the team that took the longest to get a home win yes. this season. Or actually, have Schalke, did Schalke win on home soil against Hoffenheim? Yes. They did, right? Yeah. yeah, so they would yeah, they would have been one of the longest to wait for a home win. Meanwhile, for, for Dortmund, Erling Haaland, uh, he has scored a brace in each of his last three away games at Schalke, Bayern and Cologne. However, 405 minutes... Without a goal for club and country, that is the longest dry spell of his entire career.
1: He's rubbish.
0: <laughs> so I was going to say, surely he's going to change that this weekend against Stuttgart flow, but you're going the opposite route. <sighs>
1: I'm, I'm like I've, I've lost confidence in the Dortmund side. I was yeah. I was thinking yeah. they make a charge to, uh, for the Champions League places, starting with a win against Frankfurt, but them losing this game, that that definitely changed the whole equation because I'm not sure that the Dortmund players can motivate themselves to qualify for the Europa League. I'm not, I'm not sure that's like the the big goal they have uh, or even playing in the conference league. I I mean, that would feel like really being losers. Um, uh, So I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I'm not that high on Dortmund anymore um, because of the situation has changed dramatically from last week. And with the Man Man City game looming, it's really tough. Still, we know that Haaland can perform on any given day. So he wouldn't be a priority for me to sell, but I probably wouldn't go out of my way to bring him in my squad. And me talking up Hazard, and like I'm, I'm disappointed on him. Now Knauf uh, gets the chance to play and I'm not even sure that Hazard will be back in the starting lineup uh, at Stuttgart. So that's horrible, horrible. That one, Yeah, that was a horrible move. Yeah, I, that, yeah. I was thinking higher of Hazard than what he did, sure.
0: And you know what? It made sense. Genuinely, the pick made sense. Um, and I think everyone was surprised to see Ansknau Knauf in the in the starting lineup um against Manchester City. But yeah you want you worry about Hazard now. I was just going to ask you um in the discussion of Erling Haaland. I mean if you were picking would you pick Erling Haaland or Sasa Kalajic this weekend?
1: Haaland still. Yeah, okay. Um I cuz I mean Stuttgart created a lot against Bremen and Kalajic wasn't involved at all. But I, I, I told you that was uh I told you before James it was because of the performance of Huma Toprak. It was. And yeah. it, you can make an argument that uh, Dortmund right now doesn't have a centre-back who's like on on level playing for you with Ömer <laughs> Tropak. <laughs> no. Ömer <'Cause laughs> Tropak is playing really, really good if he's on the pitch. Uh, he's prone to injury, but... Apart from that, he, he's performing uh, uh, really, yeah. really good.
0: It, it felt like he picked up about four different injuries in the game against yeah. Stuttgart yeah. as Unbelievable. well. Unbelievable,
1: <laughs> but he was always there. All yeah. like the high balls and everything. Yep. Like he, he was there for, for for every ball and Kalajic wasn't able to, to shake him loose. Uh, I'm not sure that will be the case against Dortmund. So it might be easier for him going up against the Dortmund back line than it, uh, it was against the Bremen back line. As funny as it might sound, because man against man, Toprak is the better player than Hummels is. I think you can make arguments for that.
0: Yeah, I don't think you're leaning your neck too far out the window there, admittedly. And and I do, I, I think it's a good argument. Um... Kalajic is a player that I, I am going back and forth on as to whether get get out of my squad for this weekend or not, and it will depend on whether I then take the gamble to bring in Erling Haaland because I don't want two strikers from yes. that game. Yeah. Um So that yeah, it, it's all going to pivot on a lot of things. But let's move on to the Sunday games because we need some flexibility this weekend. Very important, and the Sunday games aren't necessarily the most obvious avenues to do it. So let's see if we can pick out some players that could be useful. Schalke against Augsburg kicks things off. Uh, Schalke are twelve games without a win in the Bundesliga. Meanwhile, they've also failed to score in their past five home games. A sixth home game without scoring would set a new club record. On the flip side, Augsburg have lost five of their past six Bundesliga away games despite picking up a big win last weekend against Hoffenheim. So the the problem for me, Flo, is I look at this game and I look at Schalke and I look at Augsburg and I go, these are two teams who Play as if they hate the yes. beautiful game. And that's not a good thing for fantasy owners. And this doesn't make it that investable
1: of a fixture. Yeah, probably not. But I'm waiting for that moment where Schalke is saying, ah, screw it. We're just, <laughs> we're just playing some kind of attacking football and let's see what happens. And I'm, I'm not sure it's like at this point, but I I think they will turn the switch from trying to stay up to preparing for the second division and that could be that it's this game where we see some kind like Mustafi wasn't in the squad for Leverkusen. William was missing because of disciplinary reasons. And we've see young guys playing there. Um, I still like the Schalke side better here. I'm, I'm it might be totally foolish. I know, but I mean, you brought on Han. I think he's he's a good pick because he's playing out of position. Um, midfielder in the game plays as a striker right now playing at Schalke but we're not sure like Leverkusen wasn't able to create much against Schalke was that because Leverkusen is bad right now or like did Schalke play better after getting rid of two players who maybe uh, created more problems than they did solve with their mm. yeah. presence so I'm not sure like the only guy I would think about bringing in is Amina Reed. Um, because of a standalone fixture, we know he can perform in a fantasy sense. He burnt me last time, with getting himself injured <laughs> yeah. in, in, in pre, pre-match warm-up. But, like, I'm, I can't hold that against him. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I can pull the trigger with all the options out there, but we need some flexibility, and at least he's a guy that, like, Harit Orhan would be The guys that look at and probably no one else.
0: Yeah, okay, let's move on to the next game and then let's see if it offers a few more options. Cone against Mainz uh, is the Sunday evening game. Cone won 1-0 early this season, but recently they have won just once on home soil and are without a win in seven Bundesliga matches in which they have picked up just two points. Mainz, meanwhile, momentum, you could argue, is on their side despite the one or draw against Bielefeld last weekend because they are on a four-game unbeaten run uh, while they have lost just one of their past eight Games. So, does this offer us more options than Schalke Augsburg flow?
1: Yeah, on on the f- in defense, I think. I mean, in Vienna, I still think is a good value pick, yeah, right? Although it didn't didn't pay off last last week. I'm also a sucker for Ismail Jakobs. You know that. But Kicker has predicted Cologne to play with a four man back line and Jakobs playing as a left back. I'm a bit skeptical if this Kicker lineup really. Me too is right. Cause Emmanuel Dennis is in a starting lineup and like he is not on the up and up with Marcus Gistol. And it's, it's a, um, a fixture of face for Marcus Gistol. If he loses this, he's, he's out, uh, out of a job. So I'm not sure he's putting his face into a guy. Uh, he slacked off regularly for his work ethics and stuff. So, Hmm, uh, this lineup doesn't feel right. That kicker has here.
0: Yeah. Cause they've got, they've got kind, they've got kinds and Anderson in there as well, who, yes. Okay. They were back in the match day squad against Wolfsburg, but still working their way back to full fitness. And we were talking about it off air before we started recording, but Mainz are in rhythm and, and their intensity levels are high. You cannot afford to risk bringing Anderson and kinds in who are out of rhythm and struggling for maybe match sharpness because that's, a, that's a guaranteed way to get fired.
1: Yeah. Like I, I don't think it matters too much who is who, who he feels. If he loses, he's he's out. True. So uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, definitely. I think maybe uh, Kynes and Anderson. I buy. I, I don't buy Dennis. I I think that if like if they play a four-man backline and Kynes is starting, that might be that Jacobs is on the bench. Uh, I don't I don't see Jacobs as being the best choice Cologne have for left back and with a four-man backline. That's just not who he is. I think Katerbach, for instance, would be um, the much better uh, choice if they're playing with a four-man back line. So I'm a bit wary of, of, of Jakobs, but still, like I, I don't buy into this kicker lineup. And uh, I would feel probably safe enough with going with Jakobs.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, like the pick. Uh, I, admittedly, I had him down as an, as a candidate for one of my player picks later, but, uh, you, yeah, the, the lineup is giving me enough pause for thought that I might drop him out of there, but still worthy of a mention. Let's move on to the final game then. It is one we've mentioned a lot. Hoffenheim against Leverkusen. Hoffenheim have lost three in a row for the first time this season, but they have won three of their past four meetings at home against DVX Elf. Uh, meanwhile, Hannes Wolf is yet to win a Bundesliga away game as a head coach. Leverkusen are yet to pick up back-to-back wins in 2021. So from a fantasy perspective, I think it's fair to say that Flo and I have both underlined the fact that we didn't quite get this great insight into what Leverkusen or how they're going to shape up for the rest of the season. So is there anyone genuinely, Flo? We've mentioned some of the names, Baumgartner, Amiri, Deme, by Ilario, but who would you trust to close out the match, matchday?
1: Baumgartner. Yeah, it's, I'm with it's you. It's the only one. I mean... I'm just pulling up the stats from Leverkusen against Schalke. You know how many shots at goal there were during that match?
0: Oh, they, well, there were less than 20, weren't
1: there? 10. Was it 20? ten? The least amount of all total. matches this season. Leverkusen had six shots. Schalke had four. Yeah, that's shocking. That's really bad. That's, hor- that's horrifying. So, yeah, still... Still probably would go with Baumgartner, but I didn't realize that that was this abysmal of a showing.
0: Yeah, no, actually, that's terrible. That makes me really want to get rid of my Leverkusen players. <laughs> it really does. You know,
1: league, league average is uh, 24 shots per game. Wow. And we're sitting at 10 and for a is, game where Schalke is yes, involved for that's, ball clubs.
0: Yeah, that's it. I was going to say the league average is 24, but games involving Schalke is probably closer <laughs> yeah, to 30. Yeah. You know,
1: <laughs> although, although Schalke, they have the most amounts of shor, uh, shots conceded, but the least uh, amount of shots uh, giving up themselves uh, so, or taking themselves. So uh, I think that's probably not the highest uh, on average. It's probably Stuttgart because they... Um, giving up a lot of shots and and conceding a lot of shots so uh, yeah but uh, that definitely gives me pause. Oh, uh, yeah uh, and, and I wasn't expecting that oh, This,
0: this, this um, Leverkusen headache is gonna be is gonna kill me this weekend I think
1: okay horrible oh. horrible but I still I still think like Baumgartner is so involved in yes. everything and uh, yeah he had a bad game uh, at Augsburg but he can move on from that he, he would be the only one probably I, I, I would feel safe enough so' I'm, I'm not sure what what I'm going to do with Amiri. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, 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 I planned on sticking with my Leverkusen guys because of the matchups, but I'm not sure I can do that anymore. Six shots against Schalke. Come on.
0: I know, that's yeah. so bad. That's so bad. Um. Oh, that's, yeah, okay. Oh, Leverkusen, what are you doing yeah. to us this weekend? Okay, let, let's move on to the player fix and close out the show because I think we could talk for another half an hour about the Leverkusen conundrum this week. But uh, in terms of your Vegas choice, Flo, who are you going for?
1: I'm going with Christian Günther, and he doesn't feel like as Vegas choicey, but I, I definitely want him to bring in and he fits the ball. Um, perfectly being on a Friday night. I I feel he's pretty safe. So I I think uh, he's probably my favorite defender if I have to choose, like, uh, you give me one pick, who's the highest scoring defender on this match day? Günther would be probably uh, really high on my list. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely a guy to watch out for.
0: No, I I agree. And actually, I'll, I'll go along that same line of thought. If I were to pick one defender... To be the top scorer this weekend that, let's say, isn't Christian Gunter now, I will pick Rami Benzabayini. Um, we talked about the Gladbach change of formation, Benzabayini coming back from suspension, fresh legs, and against Herta, I would back him to be involved in attacking returns. So i like him as my Vegas choice. Ismail Jakobs, I did have down. This is where I had him down as a Vegas choice, but
1: Benzabayini, for me, takes the nod. Um, Super Schnepchen flow? I'm, go- I'm going with Muziala, 1.5 million. So anyone who, like, isn't in the position as myself um, having like, let me check how much money I have. 31 million point one I've got in my bank. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But got, you can afford a whole Robert Lewandowski. Yeah, That's a whole Robert, Robert Lewandowski. Lewandowski. Almost, almost. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. But uh, like anyone else who isn't in that position, I think Musiala 1.5 million uh, is a great choice. And, like i w- i would seriously be shocked if he wouldn't be in the start like if yes. he isn't in the starting lineup against union
0: yeah, no, I, I fully agree there. I think he'll be one of the first names on the team sheet. Um, My super schnepchen, I, I, admittedly, I mentioned him last week, but I don't think I actually gave him a player pick. So I wanted to give him a nod this week, and it's Andre Hahn, because I did bring him into my squad. It was a toss-up between him and Roland Schalai uh, for my budget midfield option. Ultimately, I'd have done well with both of them, but Andre Hahn up against Schalke, I would imp- I, you know what? I'd back Augsburg to get more shots on goal than Leverkusen did against Schalke this weekend. And if that is the case, I think Andre Hahn will be involved. So I think as a super schnepchen, uh, you can't really go wrong with the out of position Augsburg man, uh, considering the fact that he sets you back just 5.6 million banker flow. Who are you going for then?
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm sticking with Freiburg and going with Roland Schalai, because I, I think he's really coming into his own. You know, that I like, I, I liked him for a long stretch and he wasn't, like, always able to deliver what I expected from him to do. But I think we see now that he's really a great guy. But I think one guy to have on our radar, I didn't mention before, because I didn't realize that he's a midfielder in the game, is Gustil. Um Because we've got Demirovic suspended and Höhler suspended. Um, Grifo is out uh, with, with Corona probably. And um, so he's probably out. He tested positive for Corona. Uh, and I don't think he'll recover until Friday. And Goose Till might get a start. And then we have to see the starting lineup. If, if he's to start as a striker and Pedersen is on the bench, otherwise, Till uh, can play in midfield and he can play as a striker. If if he's playing in midfield, no need to swap from Soloy to Till. I think Soloy then would be the better choice. If he plays as a striker, then you can make an argument that that Till is the higher risk, higher reward play than Shalai, and he's actually cheaper. 6.8 million is his price tag and he's definitely a differential pick. But that would only really come into fruition if Peterson is on the bench until is playing up front as a striker
0: yeah no you know what i think i think it's worth worthy of a mention though there um because he, yeah you got to start a few games back who's still and he wasn't yes, he wasn't he two games yeah, he back wasn't, he wasn't play. bad yeah. wasn't bad you know did, okay fine there weren't many fancy returns but was getting involved in some promising moments so yeah i want to keep an eye on for friday night um i'll be honest i mean flo and i both had a bit of a tough time picking bankers this week funny enough and i had roland Shalai down as well i had jamal musiala down and i thought those are a bit strange because they're very low budget harland and Kunku seem too obvious a picks and so you know you know what? I'm going to go with one that's a bit of left field and it will be a one and done. But in the context of defenders that might score big, I'm going to throw David Alaba's name out there because Kicker's pred- predicted lineup does have him in midfield. And that is a viable option potentially for Bayern. And if he is in midfield, Oh, that's a problem. Uh, I'd say he's my banker, but that's a huge if, actually. Now I think about it. It's so like, what am I doing? Like, how can I be going on a huge if with my banker? If anything, Ben Zabaini.
1: Give Hansi a oh, call. Oh, Ben Zabaini
0: almost feels like a better choice here than, you know, than than some of the players I've mentioned because either they're too I, obvious. I would
1: prefer Ben Zabaini over Alaba just because I'm not, like, I'm not even sh- 100% sure. Like, if Alaba has some, like, tweak <laughs> little feeling that he's not 100%, then we oh, we'll rest you. We, like, we have some guy. Yeah. Who, who don't have a jersey <laughs> with a fixed number yet? Like we, we like on the bench for Bayern, there will be players with numbers like like forty-seven yeah. or stuff like okay, that. Okay, you
0: know what? Then you know what? I'll swap, I'm gonna swap my Vegas choice and my banker. My Vegas choice is David Alaba. My banker is Remy Remy That I guess that's, that's good. That's much better. That's much better. Yeah, I, I love the fact that I keep doing I, these player I, picks I like on the fly. Lo-
1: logic with Alaba. I'm. I'm just like. I'm. I'm not. I'm not trying to. To pretend that I know what's going to happen with the Bayern <laughs> yeah. lineup and I'm not going to pretend I know what's going to happen with Leverkusen or with Leipzig. I think the smarter way to go about is to think um that we don't know for for sure. Yeah. Uh and, and that's definitely the better like if you, you you can still make picks out of these squads, but be aware that you're taking a risk there. And don't like don't beat yourself up afterwards if it doesn't work out, because that's like that's what you were in for in the first place yeah 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 That's. Uh, i i think it's always good to re- remind yourself uh, about stuff like this uh, if you're making decisions um if you take on risk it's definitely possible that they don't pay off
0: yeah absolutely i mean I, this may be a weekend where risks have to be taken just by uh, based on what we've discussed today and the, the uncertainty that does lie in the game this weekend the the fixtures that maybe aren't all as favourable, the rotation potential uh, that lies in a couple of squads. And it's it's all there and it does make for a tricky weekend. We hope that in this show we have at least helped you navigate it a little bit better. Um, but we will bring it to an end uh, of this week's Talking Foosball Fantasy episode there. Don't forget to follow us at Talking Foosball on Twitter to give us a like on Facebook. And if you haven't yet, join the Talking Foosball Fantasy League. For now, from me, your host, James thurgood Flow, and the rest of the Talking Foosball crew, Alfida Hearn.
1: Alfida Hearn.